Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And the rubber chicken says, Welcome to Lewis Black's Rantcast number 27, entitled, Have a Good Life. Which, incidentally, are the last words our fearless leader said in his farewell address to the nation before he boarded the big bird to fly on down to Florida to hide out in a tax-free haven at Mar-a-Lago in order to reset, get things going, and and try to figure out, I guess, really how to to get back to uh, to that, that his purpose, really, in life, which I think is to take over the world or at least uh, every thought that we all have during every day. An extraordinary final words. Have a good life. That's, That's what you write in the fucking yearbook, for God's sake. Okay? You spend four years with people, you know, ninth through 12th grade, and at the end, you know, and it was really great to see you, Missy, and it was a wonderful time that we had together, and have a good life. It's actually, you usually have a nice life. Or have a good life if you can have a life, if you can survive the pandemic that that I kind of didn't really get enough, uh, didn't get enough vaccines for. And nobody seems to give a shit. And that doesn't seem to count against him. That's not insurrection. I think it is. I think you could define that as insurrection. You could buy the vaccine. No, I'm not going to buy the vaccines. Don't tell me that's not fucking insurrection. They offered 100 million vaccines. Yeah, yeah. How do you not? That's the only thing you got to do is buy enough vaccines. That's the easy part, okay? The hard part was done. You got to do the hard part, okay? Fucking them, but fuck. And, and he's walking. I don't know how many people there were, like 150? And these children, and they work so hard. My kids work so hard putting on their their designer clothes. Oh, boy, it was exhausting for them every day. 
Oh, for crying. Now, I read yesterday that Ivanka Trump is moving to, moving to Florida, too, with the Jared the Hutt, you know, to, and that she might run against Rubio to, to, to be the senator, to be a senator? What planet are these people from? Can we get God in heaven? How did they get here? Where's the transportation? Can we get that transportation to go wherever they were? Because they probably got kicked off that fucking planet. Jesus. And he said, but walking toward the plane in there, but the final song. Okay. I'm not big on pomp and circumstance. Okay. Military bands. I, I mean, but I get it. All right. It's transition. And it does add a nice flourish to things. Okay. Gives a sense of, you know, not grandeur is too big a word. But it, it gives a sense of dignity to the uh, to the occasion. It honors the occasion. He's playing YMCA, YMCA by the Village People. Are you shitting me? Something that you they're dancing in discos in the eighties. What kind of a fucking send off is that? Have a nice life. Have a good life. Have a good life. The, the final words of um, the farewell address of another. Republican president who grows more and more in stature over time. I don't think that's going to happen here. But Dwight David Eisenhower, who said, please keep an eye out for the military industrial complex. Be wary of them. Okay. Be sure they might be up to no good. A warning. Have a good life and a warning about the military-industrial complex. I know we've devolved. I've talked about the devolution, but I did not think we'd reach primordial ooze. Not in my lifetime. I thought we'd save that for our children's children before we got there. Wow. But I I shouldn't be bitching. But then <laughs> why would you listen if I wasn't bitching? No, I got a, uh, I got my vaccine this week. I told you last week I was getting it. And um, I went off to Brooklyn, went to a high school there, stood online, uh, not like in Florida, where, you know, but we were, we were online assigned there. But, but you know, we had, uh, we filled out forms. So that the, you know, and they had a really, it was, it was quite well done. Folks would come up and make sure you had all the things that you needed to be there, all the forms that you needed and to be sure you were in the right place at the right time. They spoke a number of languages because this is a very diverse city. That's why a lot of us live here. We like diversity. Why do we like diversity? Um, uh, because it, it gives us a sense of living uh, in the world and, uh, and it makes for a lot of restaurants to eat at. Yeah. On a very uh, materialistic level. Mm-hmm. If you can't break through, as my friend has written in his act, it performs the great Mike, Mike Wilmot, a great Canadian comic, has uh, talked about breaking down the walls between us through food. You try to catch that. It's, uh, I think it's on YouTube somewhere, and I don't have the time or the energy to get it to you. But... Um, it was really, it, they, people walked around, they spoke four or five different languages. They uh, made sure that those who really needed to get inside, because it was a variety of ages. Because in New York, they dropped the age to 65. 
because apparently uh, they didn't want the vaccine to go to waste. Now we've gone through all the vaccines. <laughs> and um, But there was uh, uh, folks who I think there were all sorts of, when you filled out the forms, there was uh, your age uh, that qualified you, or you were a teacher or a caregiver or um, worked in a variety of places. And uh, it was uh, really... Um, it was an interesting group, but they got the folks who really needed to get inside, you know, the really the super elderly is, or those who had, you know, who might be sitting in wheelchairs and uh, those with disabilities to get them inside because it was it was cold out, not frigid. It was frigid. I couldn't handle it. I'm not a frigid person. I don't do that well. And uh, it, it went quickly. It was 50 minutes. Not too bad. And uh, once inside, bam, bam, it was just very well done. I did think that uh, I was going to be able to get the next vaccine. I thought, because, you know, I'm logical that uh, all of us who went there that day would then come back to get, it was the Moderna vaccine that we got, that we would come back four weeks later or, you know, maybe five, but we're actually, uh, uh, the times were already filled because they're still going to have to get people um, to get their first shots. So, uh, I go back um, 10 days after the, the you know time that I should, which, of course, has me in minor panic because there's 100,000 articles. You better get it in time. You better get it in time. You better get that second vaccine in time. Uh, the only um, reaction I had to it was uh, my arm hurt for a couple of days. Not severely. It was, it was good. Um, my, and for those of you who, who there were folks who actually who sent in, well, you got your vaccine because I sent out a thing on Twitter. I take Twitter for the reactions sometimes that I get and because they don't have to, they, they're not in front of you. They, they're able to just say whatever shit comes out of their mouths. And they were very, like, you got this because you're a celebrity. You got it because you're rich. Bullshit, okay? I got it because they dropped it to 65. That's how come I got it. And I went online like everybody else. And uh, would I've liked them to have kept it in the order? Yes. Would I've liked it to have rolled out the way it should have? Yes. Am I lucky? Yes. But did I get it? Did they go, oh, let's get Lewis Black, that national treasure. Let's get it for him? No, they did not. So, uh, and my mother, I would have gladly have gotten this for my mother. Gladly have gotten her the, the vaccine. Traded my my place and, and gotten it to her. She will, for those of you who heard last week, she didn't have it. They are finally, I think this week, I hope, going to bring her the vaccine to, to her assisted living situation. And uh, they will get it there. And hopefully all the caregivers will get it there because they're, they're still having problems with COVID there because they're not paying enough attention there. And I, so I'm, I'm hoping that all works out because, uh, I mean, really, they couldn't have gotten it too early because she's 102. That's the way it is. So uh, it was a, a tough weekend because we lost uh, the great Hank Aaron, uh, one of the great ball players of, of my lifetime, and uh, who hopefully is the last. Uh, ball player who has to be who's abused after breaking a record for his race instead of just being celebrated people had to god it's just be it was beyond belief to me it's fucking baseball you clueless i can't believe me and babe ruth it's not like he was around 
that he boy he he beat out that big fat white guy. Are you shit? What the fuck is the matter with you people? What was the matter with us? Huh? Oh, Atlanta. Sometimes, let us hope that we have you know we are going to turn the corner after this nonsense. That we will say enough is enough. Okay, zip it. All right. You want to cry under your beer? Get your ten pals into the basement and tap a keg and and wine. But by God, Hank Aaron, man, he brought a an extra just a a presence. Just brought more than just being a great ball player. Just a terrific human being. From everything, and did, do I know that from knowing him? No, but from watching him speak, from seeing him uh, play, from uh, the whole way in which he, uh, in, the whole way in which he was, it took. It must have taken a lot, especially having to deal with all that guff and crap. To have been that, to have maintained that kind of. Uh, Dignity that he in grace under fire. So very sad to see him go. I did know and sad to see him go. Also was the late great Larry King. Truly, uh, truly, there. There. I don't think there will be another like him. You know that truly has to do with the time period he is from. He always wanted to be in radio. Transition from radio into television. That's I, I heard him some in radio that I remember, but I really it was television that I really started to watch him because he did. He interviewed everybody, every fucking buddy, like every night. Exceptional to watch. Really, uh, is smart and is <laughs> and eccentric and strange and funny and odd. Not and clueless at times, and totally on it at times, and you know it, it was really an amazing, amazing. Because sometimes, just by the fact that he didn't really do a lot of heavy preparation, he was just there to talk to people. That he would he would catch him kind of uh, with their guard down, and uh, it was part of that thing of watching someone who it wasn't it wasn't polished. There was a roughness to those edges that really made him uh, a, a joy to watch. I'm asked, you know, what, when did things turn for you? When, was, when did you know that uh, you or feel that you had made it? And I've talked about certain big moments that I've been lucky enough to have. But I have to say that being interviewed by Larry King, I, well, not once but twice, but the first time that I was asked on the Larry King show, that was really something. Oprah was later, but Larry King, boy, whew, Oh, wow. He's, he's talked to everybody. Now he wants to talk to me. It really made it for me. First time, I believe, it was in New York. And the second time was in Los Angeles. And they may have both been in Los Angeles, but I, I kind of feel like the first time was here. And uh, the second time in L.A. And it was there that um, my friend Kathleen Madigan came along. She was a big Larry King fan. She joined me. She was the only member of the audience, greatest audience I've ever had. <laughs> And Larry said to me, yes, uh, the holidays were coming. He said, you know, how do you celebrate the holidays? And I did the bit that I do about celebrating Hanukkah, being Jewish, 
you know, celebrating Hanukkah and Hanukkah sucks. Christmas is great. You know, we, we get a, socks, you know, you go next door, your friend's gotten a pony. It's, it's a whole bunch of co- comparisons, but basically the Hanukkah is kind of, you know, we do, we light the candles for three days and then my parents are like, okay, that's enough. You want to, you want to see a light, go, go look at the pilot light on the stove. And just, I kind of did my little bit and I finished up. And after that bit, Larry, who knew me at this point, it's the second time we've talked and, uh, Something I'm going to talk about next that done this uh, benefit for for uh, you know for heart you know heart stuff <laughs> heart stuff <laughs> and uh, so he knew me pretty well and he he, he goes uh, after I tell but after I tell this story even if he didn't know me he goes are you Jewish <laughs> and I looked at Kathleen and we, we looked at each other which was probably a mistake because that's that thing where you go where you both saw something you really shouldn't look at each other because it's not going to help. But I was, I was, you know, I think I, you know, oh, no, no, I'm, oh, yes, I'm Jewish. Larry, did you, would you think I was Catholic? And then uh, I was honored to, he had a, a foundation that I believe it was that, you know, raised money for research into heart diseases of the heart, surgery, et cetera. He invited me to perform it. And so we went on down to the benefit in the huge, Ritz Carlton ballroom filled with celebrities and hoo-hahs of every stripe, size, save, shape, and description. Lots of politicos, because this is Washington, D.C. Even politicos who were aspiring to be politicos and politicians in their own sort of mind, which is also a lot of Washington lobbyists akimbo, because uh, we were there to do, um, I was there to do a, a benefit for uh, for Larry's um, heart foundation, and uh, he's, he's had a lot of trouble with his um, heart, uh, as we well know. And uh, but he still plowed through to eighty-seven. You got to admire that. And uh, eight wives <laughs> could be the reason he started a heart foundation. Stop that, Lewis. Married, I believe, to the the last wife twice, whose name is escaping me. Um, but we sat down at the, a very nice table that uh, he had arranged for us. It was especially nice for my parents to be seated at that at one of the front tables with the uh, CEO of Pilot Pens, who's still the CEO of Pilot Pens, Mr. Shaw, I believe. I may be wrong on that, but I think uh, he is, and I think that's his name. And uh, Mom was very excited uh, because there were pens on the table, and, uh, and he sent Mom pens. Mom loves pens. She used to uh, do a lot of writing. She, 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 her record keeping is staggering. And I wish that I could, uh, there was a place to publish her records because they were impeccably written. She still has the finest penmanship. Any person I know, even at her age, it's really unbelievable. And instilled that in me. I always, when I sign, I try to make absolutely sure when I sign someone's, uh, if someone asks me to sign something that, that you can read it. I don't try to make it a little, you know, hieroglyph, <laughs> but I, I'm able to do that because I don't get as many as people who turn theirs into hieroglyphs, <laughs> like like my friend Robin Williams. And I'm not name dropping, <laughs> but he had a hieroglyph. So um, we were seated there. Mom was able to get a good view of the room and noticed that uh, someone that she didn't like at all, John McLaughlin, was seated uh, within 
basically kind of shouting distance. And he got up and mom started to get up. But I said, where are you going? She says, I'm going to go follow him. I've got to give him a piece of my mind. I've never liked that son of a bitch. And he's going to hear it. And I said, no, no, you can't. He's going, you can't follow this man in the bathroom. John McLaughlin is, was a was a, a former priest who uh, became a, a political commentator, <laughs> leaving one for that a Catholic priest becomes a, a, a commentator, but a political commentator. But he had his a show, the McLaughlin Group, which uh, he had uh, folks from the left and the right, and they'd have arguments. And uh, my mother never liked him. Didn't like anything that he, his opinions, his ideas, anything. And she was going to give it to him. I told him she had to sit down and be quiet and be nice because we, she got all the pens and Larry had been very nice to get us this wonderful table and we couldn't insult the folks who were here tonight helping pay, put money into the Heart Foundation. And one of the things that they did to raise money was that you could have your picture taken with Vice President Cheney, who was there. And good of him to do that. You know, people seem to want that picture. And I turned to my mother, who said, would you like one? No, absolutely not. I'm certainly not going to have my, you know what I, and I'm, okay, okay, okay. And then I turned to my father, who was always game for anything, and looked like he was ready to enjoy it, and then had that smile he always had, as if he was watching a dirty movie. Dirty movie smile is what I would describe it as. It was, it was impish and charming. And he got up and uh, he said, let's go. And we went in, got online to get our <laughs> picture taken with the vice president, Larry King, and his wife, Shauna, I think it is. And uh, Shauna, by the way, when I met her uh, that night, the first time when she I turned, Larry said, excuse me, and I turned around and there she was in, right in my face. And I have to say, and I, she looked as if a, if a greyhound stood up and had breasts. And that's the only way I can describe it. Uh, so we were standing there. My father noticed her, of course, because my father loved women. And, and uh, he was staring at her and Larry. And, and, the, and then in a voice that wasn't very a whisper, because my dad was, his hearing was starting to, to fade. And so he had that thing that as you get older, you talk louder than is necessary. And he said, not that they could hear Larry and Sean and the vice president, but the folks in line could. He said, oh, my God, he said, I didn't know that Larry King married a shiksa. This really, it really made, it shocked me and made me kind of laugh a little. And I turned and everyone was staring at him and they kind of understood in part. And I, uh, I didn't really know what to say, but they, they were, the, the folks were, were very nice. Shiksa, by the way, is uh, a Yiddish word, for those of you who don't know it, that means um, it's a woman who's, who's not Jewish. We rolled through the line, got there, we got our picture taken, and I wish I could show that to you right now. Because it, my father, it's, it's one of the great pictures ever taken of him. In a, in a number of photos, but, but this is really kind of done by a professional. And, and he looks spectacular. It literally looks as if all of us, Larry King, his wife, Shauna, me, and... Uh, and, and Vice President Cheney were having our picture taken with him. He by far is uh, the most present person in that photo. There are not a lot of photos where I've seen someone be that kind of there, you know, that right on it. And it was, uh, he really, if you could see how much he enjoyed it. And uh, 
we, we, I went back in and performed later that evening, and it went very well. Oddly enough, in a in that type of environment, benefits can be hell. I've been through that, and I've been, certainly corporate events. It's like many times you feel like you've been dousing yourself with gasoline, and you go on stage, and the audience just throws matches at you. But that was it, and it was. I really have to thank Larry for uh, that gift that he gave. Um, to my to my parents that night, and really to me, giving um, you know treating them the way he did, and by and by putting me on that stage in that room in the in right really uh, twenty five minutes from my home, in a very impressive hotel, <laughs> that uh, gave my parents a sense of uh, you know that um, I was doing okay. I think Larry, in his way, in his own way, may have known that it was maybe not. Maybe he just went. Maybe he just went. Fuck him. He's funny, and he let me just say what I wanted to say. And it was a great night. As was uh, the night at the Capitol Theater, which is where we're rolling next on the road, as we ended uh, 2019 on December 14th in Concord, New Hampshire, a lovely town as many of those towns are in New Hampshire, a beautiful theater, and it was just a great night. Cold as fuck. Cold as fuck. One of the reasons uh, I, I realized watching the inauguration that uh, I can never run for office because uh, <laughs> I know that um, I, I, I couldn't be the president because you can't start an inaugural speech by saying, fuck, it's cold. But uh, it was cold that night. A, a splendid sold-out crowd, and the, and the house was. It was just a. It was one of those uh, great evenings. That, you know when you you know that you're uh, that, that last show you for the year, and you got some time off. It's all, the the horse sees the barn, so to speak, and gets a little gallop, and it's in his step, which I had that night. And the audience certainly, uh, I think, with their uh, Christmas cheer. It really uh, rolled rolled the energy out. They they certainly rolled it in my direction, and it was uh, it was nice to spend the night in in Concord like that. I miss those nights. We and we all miss our nights that we've had. Hopefully, they'll be coming back soon. I think you'll enjoy the rants that you'll hear from Concord and the rants that I got this week. Please keep sending them in. They get better and better and better, and uh, we'll continue if uh, once we get through the tour, as we did last week, we'll just we'll do a reading of those, you know, without going anywhere. The, we'll just be reading the rants that we get from you as we, uh, as hopefully we, we make our way towards some some sort of a dawn. Um, it's been a pleasure as always to spend time with you. I hope that uh, your vaccination comes soon, and I hope, and get it, get it, get it. Uh, I got mine. <laughs> I'm not lording it over you. Please get it. I got it in part. I mean, partly I just tell people that so that you know it's, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's how we get out of this. Let's hope the madness dies soon and that uh, and we get back to reality one reality that we share 
under God with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Take care of yourself. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This rant comes to us from Ryla Francis. Lewis, the closest thing you're going to get to a portal to hell on this planet is the meeting point of Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Kansas. How do I know this? I'm a 19-year-old transgender woman who lives 10 miles from said glory hole to hell and also happen to live in the District of Missouri that is represented by Congressman Billy Long, a.k.a. the overinflated windbag that had his pocket stuffed with Trump $45 bills at the most recent State of the Union. When I tell you that I know what hell is, you better fucking believe it. There are still people every major intersection of my city selling Trump 2020 apparel in January 2021. It is also extremely common for me to be the only person in an establishment equipped with a face mask during this pandemic, which, as you can imagine, draws more than a few remarks and looks. Oh, forgive me, rednecks, for not wanting to kill my 93-year-old great-grandma. If that wasn't enough, today I heard my denim-skirted Pentecostal co-worker say in reference to the Vice President Kamala, Kamala Harris, I don't know why that eludes me, I'm hoping maybe one day we can get back to a time where her kind isn't allowed to keep dirty in our government. As you can imagine, I was infuriated and just barely resisting the urge to rip off a moronic denim skirt and strangle her with it until her eyes popped out, and I stormed straight to the boss's office. When I explained to him what had happened, he didn't seem to find anything wrong with it, and went as far as to scold me that I should be more respectful of opinions in the workplace. 
I emailed him a letter of resignation this afternoon, but since it is a private company that he owns, there's not much I can do other than slander their name on Facebook, which is of no use because 90% of the local population thinks just like that bitch or worse. I've never read the Bible, but I just about have it memorized because it's hard to go anywhere in this area without having scripture forcibly ejaculated all over your face by these hypocritical zealots and their obnoxious church-sponsored billboards. Soon as I save enough money, I'm going to finally escape this fascistic hive. But I feel the people fortunate enough to live in more liberal areas of the country need to know and remember that there are chunks of population in this country where the staunch majority of persons have the mentality of a Wallace supporter in 68. I've encountered multiple burning crosses and many white pride riots in my 19 years of being stuck here. We still have a long, long, long way to go in terms of societal development until we figure out how to shift the morals of the moral preaching middle America, there will always be the threat of another lunatic right-wing blowhard like Trump rising again and destroying everything. Thank you, Ryla Francis, for that wake-up call. Um, I don't, I don't know if I could do, I, I, wow, that, I don't know if I have, I don't even what the word is, courage, fortitude. I don't know how you can live, uh, live there. It'd just be tough. I mean, it'd just be tough if, and then you add transgender woman in the midst of that. Wow. My hat's off. I, I mean, and I'm not, I just, I feel vulnerable, and now, too, especially. I feel vulnerable enough on a daily basis now. And I'm at home hidden. <laughs> and I feel like uh, there the are pinpricks coming from every direction. All I do is open the, my Twitter feed, and I lose my grip. And uh, I've got one of these uh, rants that I got today that uh, I read this thing, and I said, wow, I, I don't think I even said what this person thinks I said. But I really appreciate what you said, Ryla. Thank you. It's important. I'm hoping we pay attention, like the for this time, we get back. We hope we get back to paying attention uh, to the to the white supremacists, because enough is enough is fucking enough. Diane Valance sent us this rant. As I suspect, I am a member of the growing group of frustrated older. Uh, by older, she means 78, older people trying to find a COVID vaccine in Plano, Texas. Please stop laughing. I was told to register online and found out later I get a confirmation call to make sure I wasn't joking and using a fake name, etc. Well, unknown to me, I did receive a call, three of them in a row. My phone indicated I likely was getting a scam caller. So I didn't answer the phone. Fuck me. I won't die of a virus. I will die of incompetence. Thank you, Diane. There's a book of just 1,000 million 
how I got how I got fucked out of my first vaccine. And then people yelling at other people for getting up. It's unbelievable. I hope you've gotten your vaccine. I hope you got it back on track, Diane. And I hope they have uh, enough vaccines in Plano, Texas. Take care. This rant comes from Tristan Schmidt. I know the subject of this rant pales in comparison to most that you receive, but hopefully it's still worth a read. Well, that's why I'm reading it. (laughs) Of course it's worth a read. Don't sell your rant short, folks. No, Tristan, not you, and none of you are listening. If you've got something that's pissing you off, get it off your chest. Okay, if I don't read it, it just has to do with the fact that, you know, it might not fit in what I'm doing that week, and it might not work with the other rants, and it also might be something that just doesn't nail it, okay? Just verbally doesn't nail it, but God, you have a right to rant about whatever the hell bothers you. And God knows it doesn't have to be earth-shaking. And that said, let's go on with Tristan. Feel free to edit this as you see fit. I will not because it is wonderfully written, Tristan. Weekly trips to the grocery store result in my cursing out loud of myself in the car all the way home. Why, you ask? Because of the fucked up assholes that did not return their shopping cart to the corral intended for carts. They leave them willy-nilly in the parking lot because they are too fucking lazy to walk an extra few feet to put the empty cart back. Pulling into the parking lot is like driving through an obstacle course trying to navigate around all the fucking loose shopping carts. What the fuck is wrong with people? How hard is it to put the fucking cart into the fucking corral? Do, Do these dickheads care that their errant carts are rolling around the parking lot hitting people's cars? Jesus Christ, it just baffles me week after week after week. And to further put me over the edge, these disgusting slobs leave their snotty, COVID-filled face coverings in the cart or hanging off the cart when there's a fucking trash can right next to the corrals. I'm so disgusted with these nasty, dirty, inconsiderate fucking assholes week after week. The whole experience leaves me feeling the need to take a fucking soakwood shower when I get home. Thanks for letting me spew my rage. Oh, thanks for letting me spew it, Tristan. Wow. You know, it says, as a side note, when you can tour again and come to Pittsburgh, can you please bring Kathleen Madigan along? Well, she'll probably be there. I'll probably be there. We won't be there together, but I will give her a heads up. <laughs> I'd love to be, you know, working with her. But, but uh, at this point, after she needs the money, and we, uh, we, well, we all need to get back to work. So, uh, and hopefully, uh, we won't be charging what you know an exorbitant amount. I certainly will try to keep that something in mind. I, I, I really do mean that. Unless there's a, they give out some sort of a, a ticket thing, you know, pandemic tickets. Everybody gets five dollars, five thousand dollars to spend on tickets for the for shows after the pandemic. So, uh, wow, a silkwood shower, very good. Thank you, Tristan. That cleared a lot. <laughs> a silkwood shower, and they leave their face mask. That's that really. I mean, that would have sent me over the edge. I, it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy when they don't wear a mask. I can't imagine them throwing a mask off their face. Ugh. Ooh, eh, bleh.
Brandon Badia uh, wanted to get this off his chest. Essential oils. Well, first of all, I'm the son of a Sicilian immigrant, and the only oil that is essential to me is olive. I live in central Pennsylvania, the taint that lies between the shithole of Philadelphia and the sweaty ball sack that is Pittsburgh. Central Pennsylvania is also commonly referred to as Pennsylvania because of the propensity for sister love, big trucks, big guns, and small IQs. When I moved into the area, the first joke I heard was, what's 50 feet long and only has seven teeth? Answer, the funnel cake line at the county fair. (laughs) Or the standard, how do you know that the toothbrush was invented in central Pennsylvania? Because anywhere else, it would have been called the teeth brush. hey yo. That being said, you would think this rant is about Confederate flags. Heritage not hate my dick. Or most of the citizenry that owns multiple AK-47s. Cold, dead hands, blah, 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 as chew spit dribbles down their slack-jawed face. Or the fact that until very recently, you were more likely to find a family tree that actually forks than a stoplight. But alas, guns, trucks, and even incest are low-hanging fruit, as is the Lothario who is caught performing oral sex on a horse. (laughs) No, the main source of my ire is one of the few non-camouflage items that has taken over this area. Essential oils, just like LuLaRoe, Tupperware and Mary Kay and Amway before the multi-level marketing companies that prey on dipshit housewives in a pathetic, misguided attempt to empower women and make them believe that they can be their own boss babes working from the comfort of their double-wide mobile homes. Look, if you want to hawk makeup and overpriced leggings that look like Jackson Pollock took a shit on a Jackson Pollock, and pester your friends, family, and people you haven't talked to or even thought about since graduation, then be my guest. The same goes for these so-called essential oils. Sell these nectars of the gods to anyone that wants to smell like an orange peel or a fucking Christmas tree. But I repeat, don't. Don't try to con people into believing that these concentrated vials of unicorn tears are a wonder drug. The secret that Big Pharma doesn't want you to know about. Here's where my issue comes in. Use your overpriced leprechaun jizz to take the stench out of your coonskin cap. Rub a little oregano oil under your armpit so you smell more like a pizza and less like an Italian hoagie for all I care. But I know this. You're not a doctor and you cannot dispense medical advice. Just because you bought the pamphlets and paid for inside access to the company website or attended a two-day retreat at Camp Patchouli doesn't erase the fact that you didn't go to medical school. Everything from asthma to whooping cough can be cured with a special concoction of oils. Just a drop in your insomnia is but a dream. From AEDHD to vaginal warts, skin tags to hair loss, all just a special diffused blend of nature's pituitary gland away from being wiped from the face of the earth. I know someone who's a consultant in the oil business, and I'm not talking about Exxon. And she says her son is immunocompromised 
embarked at getting her teenage daughter the HPV vaccine. Is she a doctor, you ask? Oh, fuck no, she's a hairdresser. Did she take either of them to a real doctor who went to a real recognized medical school to discuss her concerns? No, because that would make sense. Instead, she'd rather consult some sandal-wearing, granola-eating, crystal-rubbing Mother Earth child with a dream catcher hanging on their wall. I'm amazed that all of the collected works of medical history from the brightest and most innovative minds in the entire recorded history of modern mankind aren't good enough. But an online article on stupidfuckingparent.com does just the trick. I guess going to hair college is the same things as John's motherfucking Hopkins. It really makes me question your parenting skills if you're okay giving your child capsules made in a factory somewhere in Utah by a bunch of sister wives wearing magic underwear rather than checking in with your pediatrician. Something stinks there, and it's not the relaxation and meditation blend. I was actually in the room when this wannabe Dr. Quinn had a conversation about how they should address the Ebola virus. Ebola? My response, are you fucking kidding me? Yes, you wear a smock, but you also sweep up other people's hair off the floor. And if anyone asks you, a hairdresser, about how to treat Ebola, they're already fucked. And there's nothing that rubbing tea tree oil on themselves is going to fix. I don't know what is worse in this situation. The fact that someone who was worried about Ebola thought best to ask about it in between their cut and curl, or the fact that the one who wraps little pieces of tinfoil in your hair felt confident enough in their non-medical training to actually answer the question. I got the virus, was the sickest I've ever been in my entire life, had me laid up in bed for close to two weeks. Know who I didn't call? My fucking barber. The only thing that this quack has in common with an actual doctor is, is that they both offer lollipops at the end of the visit. Here's my question. <laughs> Here's my question. If, if these oilers think they can eradicate every disease known to man with their special concoctions and tinctures, then why don't they put their collective heads together to create a COVID-19 poultice and, hear me out, Help the entire bleeping planet. Worldwide pandemic, millions of deaths, blah, 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 blah. But let's hold our cures and treatments close to the vest. And only for our subscribers. Thank God Salk and Sabin had a fucking conscience. We'd still be wheeling around polio-inflicted people with limbs more tangled up than poplar roots. These are the same people who shun vaccines after what they read on dumbcunt.com. This rant could so easily go down the road of anti-vaxxers that it isn't even funny. Big Pharma, worldwide conspiracy, give me a break. It's a cult, I'm convinced of that, and you can't tell me anything different. Scientology light, but without the brainwashed celebrity millionaires. Pledge your money, recruit others under the guise that you're actually near the top of the pyramid, which is exactly the opposite of where you are. Keep the oils in the kitchen, or the bedroom, if you prefer, and let the goddamn professionals do their fucking job. Thanks for taking the time, Brandon. And thank you, Brandon. Wow, essential oils in Pennsylvania. Wow. In central Pennsylvania. Whew. 
Boy, that lockdown has really <laughs> created another world. Thank you for that. from Concord, New Hampshire, in the beautiful Chubb Theater. And, uh, it's a, uh, it's really a, it really is kind of a beautiful, it's a beautiful little town that you can, and if you, if you want, you really want to come up here when the, the Democratic candidates are wandering through. It's just gonna, this town is going to be joyous. When all, when all 15 to 20 of the new candidates who arrive because the other 15 or 20 have dropped out, and there'll be more and more and more. Oh, it's going to be just so much fun for everybody here. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, that's, I, 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 that, that alone. This you and uh, Iowa. That's I couldn't. I, I couldn't. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't. I know. I'm, uh, I don't want to know. Uh, pick the fuck and let's move on. <laughs> You know, and it just gets tiresome. It really does, isn't it? Oh, boy, it's going to be, you know, like, oh, they're going to be socialists. Yeah, they're going to be socialists. Everywhere. It's such bullshit. <laughs> Seriously. Like, all of a sudden, they're going to be socialists. No. It's not going to happen, fuckers. Okay? Are you watching? Does anybody pay fuck attention to anything? There's like three or four of them. It's not like a whole fucking, they're not running around going, God damn it, God damn it. You know. It's fucking not happening, so calm the fuck down. <laughs> Seriously. The problem is it's just simple, okay? Just go back to the way it's supposed to be. The Democrats basically want to do a lot of nice things for people, and the Republicans want to do a lot of nice things for people, but they want to do it financially responsibly. That was the way it always was when I was a kid. Fucking do it. That's, I'm serious. That's the way it fucking works. We're not a country that goes, fuck you. We're not a fuck you country, okay? And I, I don't get it. So it's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's called, how do we help? What do we do? We got a whole, we've got more, we have. Everybody, everybody's worried about somebody taking their shit from them. And every one of you has a family member who takes shit from you, okay? So deal with that family member. And then the problem will be solved, so fuck you. All right. I feel better now and I can move on. <laughs> this is, uh, it's interesting. There was literally not a lot of, uh, I get stuff normally when I do these, people are just displaced. I live here in this goddamn fucking, there's bullshit and there's this nonsense and that, that guy's a fuck. And, they, and they, people go nuts and usually scream about where they're living. You fuckers, there's no. <laughs> There's a little bit of yelling about potholes, but that's about it. <laughs> and no parking. <laughs> yeah, well, tough. You know, this is from Holly Young, small seats in venues when the population isn't small anymore. Freaking fat guy was practically sitting on my lap. <laughs> you pay extra for that in some cities. <laughs> this is uh, you know, 
This is Jen Moore. This is from what I just talked about. I should have read this first. Freck, fucking presidential candidates clogging up our state. People want New Hampshire to give up first in the nation primary to let other people have a chance and for more diversity. Good, fine, we don't care. Get the fuck out of my diner! <laughs> John M., my wife moves your bobblehead around like Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> Every morning I look for it and get a fuck you from it. <laughs> this is April Provencure. I never laugh at comedies. I hope you make me laugh on the fucking outside. That's very nice. I hope you laughed on the outside. But generally, it's just not the outside. You need the inside, too. It can't just be... It's weird. It's weird, April. Yeah, this is uh, Charlie G's piss because uh, Melania, uh, with, her, with her, her Be Best campaign, are you fucking kidding me? How about she start with her fuckwad husband? When you, when you pick on 16-year-old kids like Greta Thunberg, you got a fucking problem. Seriously, a 16-year-old kid? This from a guy that tweets bullshit every day and his wife is supposedly trying to stop cyberbullying? How fucking ironic. <laughs> but it's unbelievable. You know? I mean, seriously, unbelievable. Of all the people who pick on this, this girl, it's like a 16-year-old girl's actually kind of gone. You know, it's like, it's like telling some kid who did really well in school, Hey, you little piece of shit! God damn it, you should have come home with these, you fuck! <laughs> How do you yell about that? You can't yell about that. You just can't. Once again, too, there has to be, I just believe this. I've believed it for a long time. Is it a Democrat or a Republican, when he says that kind of stuff, have to come out together holding hands and going, um, you shouldn't have said that, and then walk away. Or then really stop, and then they could hit each other just to prove that they, they really don't like each other and then go. It's just unbelievable. I also will say I'm going to be back again in January. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, you know, one of the things that might be nice for those of you who really um, believe that, uh, you know, that, that he has changed things for the better. I need to know what it is that, that, that really keeps you in on it. What is it that you, that outside of the, 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 uh, the stuff that he does in terms of the tweets and the, and the way in which he, the, 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 tr the truly almost childish way in which he acts at times and the fact that he has no sense of history and never took a civics class. I just need to know what it is, but I need to know there is something that drives you to go, fuck, he's done really well by me. I need to, I need to know, I need to, and he asks for people. I need to know what it is. You know, I need to know what it is. I need it written, and I need to be able to read it. And I don't get it from you. All I get from folks who like him is, is that the other side is full of shit. Well, that doesn't help. Okay? But, and that may, it's easier for me to do this.
It's easier for me to be able to make a comment about the fact that the president of the United States scolded a 16-year-old girl who was trying to just do a science project. (laughs) This is Laura Beth Polakos. No, Pliakos, or whatever it is. (laughs) It's it's something I think I ordered at a Greek diner. (laughs) Oh, no, it was a terrible thing to say. Bad, bad. I've punished myself. It's Pliakos, is that right? Thank you. See, I don't fuck around. (laughs) My husband is a pain in the ass, literally. He didn't take the trash out this week. And then, when I went to do it, my damn self, I slipped on the ice on our driveway and broke my ass. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Jeannie Roy, I teach high school, I know. Dumb fuck, right? Anyway, any ideas about how to keep students from using phones during my enthralling lectures? Why do schools allow a child to take a phone into a class? I mean, that to me is, you know, really, no. 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 Imagine. What? No. Well, at least I know where to stop now when we're on the road. (laughs) They have chargers for them to charge you. That's insane. Can you imagine that when I was in school, if they actually had, you know, if every kid brought their landline to school? (laughs) 30 kids sitting in the class with their... (laughs) It just, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, that's just simple. You just go, no, you can't. Fuck you. I mean, that to me is not tough. You're there to be educated. That is not difficult at all. You don't get to use the phone. Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, Kristen Rousseau, my sister-in-law, has to live with us for a year. It's now almost two years with two kids and a dog that pisses everywhere. He lives with us for fucking free. I'm the sister-in-law and can't say shit, so fuck to her. (laughs) I do this for free. I'm doing this for free. Sometimes I realize that really there's this the psychiatric edge to what I do. It's like I can't really tell you. You just tell that fucking bitch, shut the fuck up. Jared Perkins, why the hell do people keep small rodents as pets for children? They just die. You look at a chinchilla the wrong way and it dies. We're in New Hampshire. Who the fuck has chinchillas as a pet? Fucking, what are they? You, 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 who the fuck is doing that? Unless they're, unless they're making a coat. <laughs> Caitlin Boyd Martone is here. You don't look gay, really. <laughs> what the fuck does gay even look like? My wife and I are both what most would call femme. We clearly don't look gay enough. 
That's spectacular. It's also fucking proof of the idiocy of these idiots who run around going, God, all these gay people are doing that. Because <laughs> they don't even know who gays are. They have no clue. I'm pretty fucking... I, I worked in the theater. I didn't know who was gay or not. That's how fucking dumb I am. And I lived in a neighborhood that became... Gayer and gayer, the east of the, the Hell's Kitchen has become kind of a, a, a gayer neighborhood. And the first time, and because I'd been living there so long, you really you'd you'd see you know you'd see gay couples and stuff. But then you started seeing they were walking down the street, guys holding hands who looked like me. And I thought, literally, this is how fucking, this is why, this is when I realized the rest of the country, fuck you and shut up. Because I'm staring at them and my thought was, wow, look at that, that's nice. They must be European. <laughs> this is Derek Correa. Uh, my next-door neighbor leaves floodlights on all around his property 24-7. What's the most polite way to tell him to fuck himself? <laughs> it's a bit of an investment. Giant mirrors. <laughs> this is... Uh, this is Timaria Schwergel. Well, that's good. <laughs> Tina Maria Schwegirl. Very good. I'm sorry I fucked that up. Uh, hi, my name is Tina. I'm in your audience tonight. First of all, thank you for helping me to express anger. <laughs> You've helped me to find a healthy outlet for many years. One of my major rants is, why am I the only one that can take out the fucking trash? <laughs> You have a, somebody with a broken ass you can talk to. <laughs> Every day I go to work and there's always a full can of trash. I always feel compelled to take out the trash since no one else seems capable of doing it. I'm also one of the few chosen ones to clean out the work vans. Why is it only me? <laughs> Is this my calling in life to pick up for everyone? How can I stop? Please help me rant. Thank you again for helping me to express my anger and frustration. What you do when you arrive there in the, in the, and they've got the can of trash is just go to everybody's desk and take the trash and throw a bit of trash on everyone's desk. <laughs> That's what you do. And then if you really want to get at them, Tina, sign it. <laughs> Here's your Christmas gift. Fuck you. I'm going to, uh, I'll end with this, but before I do, I just want to, uh, I need to spend a moment thanking everybody involved in making uh, this past uh, year really uh, successful because I travel. Pe people today, I got a thing today saying, how come it costs so much money to see your shows? Well, the reason it does is because uh, I, I, there are a lot of people who work with me. <laughs> and uh, so there's, a, the, part of the thing is, is the, the, uh, the rant is due as a live feed. It goes throughout the world. Um, we have a, uh, a satellite dish, and the guy named James Salkin, who's back there somewhere, he's out there, and he is, for the past year and change, about four years we've been doing this, I guess, 
for five years. I mean, he's been back there making it, doing everything he can to get it out there and monitoring it and, um, and interacting with the people who watch it. And, um, and, uh, and I have to, and he's done a hell of a job and that goes out for free. Okay. Um, so it's not like, uh, and, uh, I'd like to thank uh, John Bowman, who's who opened for me, has been opening for me for a long time. He's, uh, and, uh, he had to leave the tour for a, a, a couple of reasons. And then uh, Jeff Stilson came on, who's also done a great job for me. Uh, he's, uh, Lenny Hughes, who was uh, I went to high school with, and I, he was he was a reporter for the the, the Washington Post, and then they, he went into retirement, and they said, "Fuck you, you're going to sell my merch." So he'd been out on the road with us, and uh, and then uh, Zeke Forrester, who's out there selling merch now, has been with us, and uh, they both did. It's not an easy job, and it's not a fun job, but they do really great by me, and they, I think they they treat you all very well, and uh, and there's. Um, And, there's, and then there's my friend uh, who really is, keeps it all together, is Ben Brewer, who's the tour manager of all of this. And uh, he's the guy who gets this all set up and gets the lighting and everything and puts it all together and makes it all happen. He's done just, uh, it's been a remarkable relationship. Yeah. The toughest thing is, is for the past, God, it must be 15 years now or 14 or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, the, but my, uh, the driver that we had, uh, because, gee, how come it costs so much? Because if I don't, if I didn't, um, have a, a tour bus to take me to places, I, I, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Got it? It just wouldn't happen, fucks. I wouldn't, I'm not walking up here. <laughs> I'm not flying from place to place, and I had a, a really great driver who just had to, who just retired, and uh, he'd been with me for from the very beginning when I first started hitting the road playing theaters. His name's Frank Marino, and uh, he just had to leave, and his job has been terrific. So, so, uh, so thank you, thanks for that applause. They deserve more than that, and. Uh, um, and they really are, and not that you know, they deserve more than that applause. God, no, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, I, I just, uh, I just, uh, I think that they do uh, a remarkable job, and uh, and it's it, they've been really good, good to me. So uh, as we come to the end of this year, it's uh, it, it, it's important to say thank you to people who've, who've been help. Um, So I just uh, want to wish you all, a, you know, have a good uh, Merry Christmas or Happy Chinooka or, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a Happy Kwanzaa or whatever the fuck it is that that pulls your trigger, um, you know. And and hopefully this new year, you know, we kind of get our shit together on a lot of levels because enough is fucking enough. And. Uh, So I leave you with this. This is written by our friend 
uh, Mildred Ellison. She's uh, written in a lot of stuff, and it, she kind of it's her uh, it's her Christmas friend. Um, well, here it is that time of year again. Fucking Christmas. Endless fucking loops of Jose Feliciano and Feliz Navidad. Burl fucking Ives, holly jolly Christmasing. Gene Autry, cowboy warbling, Santa Claus is coming to town. And he ain't talking about all that coked up eight ball snorting sweater wearing Santa either. All those fucking car commercials with people opening the front door on Christmas morning and surprise, here's a brand new Cadillac, Mercedes, Buick, GMC truck, or a fucking Lexus, all with giant red bows on top, and that fucking Lexus doesn't even have a rusty brake drums either. <laughs> Yet another fucking year, when everyone gets one of those brand new red boat Christmassy cars, except me! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Not only don't I ever, ever, ever get one of those well-appointed luxury vehicles. I didn't even get one of those Peloton things. <laughs> so I can peddle my Christmas anger and sexual frustration all the way to fucking China. <laughs> Holy hell, God damn it, skunked again by that cookie-stealing, milk-guzzling, jolly fat fuck Santa. <laughs> I may as well send my Christmas wish list to that fucking sewer-dwelling clown and it. <laughs> At least I might get a red fucking balloon out of it. Merry fucking Christmas and happy fucking New Year's. Same to you all. Take care of each other. Thanks to all of you for listening to my rant cast. If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. You can think of it as therapy or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip. And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters and the splendid rants they gave us. Lewis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me. Ha <laughs> Lewis Black. Our live rant audio was produced by James Salkin. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt, and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.